All right, with us is the play-by-play -play voice of the UNH Wildcats, uh, Dan Parkhurst. And Dan, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about tonight's game, uh, Merrimack taking on UNH. Merrimack has only lost once at home, that game against UNH. UNH comes, into, comes into tonight's game having lost only one of the last 13 games. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on for this UNH club since the last time we saw them in November. Well, going back to that game, first of all, it was a barn burner. 5-4 uh, game, really could have gone either way. And I expect uh, we'll get more of that here uh, tonight. I know the coaching staff has nothing but high regards uh, for the job Mark Dennehy and his crew have done with this Merrimack team. But for UNH... You know, they've just found things that worked. You know, sometimes it takes a while to get lines going, and, and sometimes you're able to put them together early on in the year. Uh, for UNH, really, the turnaround kind of all started when Bobby Butler got paired up with Phil DeSimone and Paul Thompson, and, and really since that time, they've just been on fire, and they're starting to get uh, more production from their other lines. In fact, this is the third straight game that the lineup is exactly the same, so no changes at all uh, in the lineup. So the coaching staff, obviously very happy with last weekend's two road wins at Providence and at Boston University. Uh, but when you can find combinations that work and uh, they, they keep working, uh, that's a good re recipe for success. It seems like Butler's been the guy who's keyed that line. Obviously, you know, he's the, the more experienced of, of the three players. But uh, talk about what he's meant. He's starting to get some mention as a possible Hobie Baker candidate, and rightly so. I think it's a legitimate uh, Hobie and Coming into the season, if you had asked me to pick a Hobie candidate from UNH, it probably wouldn't have been Bobby Butler. I did expect him to have a good senior year, but with 17 goals already on the year, uh, surpassed my expectations, certainly. Uh, now, uh, you look at a guy like uh, James Marcoux, probably a lot of folks are thinking, well, you know, he's the guy out of Hockey East who's got the most legitimate chance. Now, I'd counter with you know, Bobby Butler in league games has done more for his team than James Marcoux has done for his team, uh, at least in league contests. So you just have to look at UNH at the top of Hockey East, five points ahead of everybody else. I think back in November, this is a team that was just hoping, well, we got to get back into the home ice playoff spot. No, we got to get into the home ice playoff hunt. Well, and they've done that and much more, and it has a lot to do with Bobby Butler. You know, it's funny. You look at the record, 11-2-3 uh, in Hockey East, but only 12-7-4 overall, but having played arguably the toughest non-league schedule in the country. I remember back in November talking with you, talking with Coach Humilly about the question of wh whether or not those games against Miami, the games out at Wisconsin, whether or not they helped this team. I, I don't think there's any question at this point of the season that it did. I don't think there's any question that they helped this team. Uh, I think a game against Cornell. Uh, UNH came out of break, didn't play particularly well against Cornell, but Cornell's a... Uh, a tough physical team and, uh, and certainly one of the legitimate contenders out of ECAC hockey. Uh, so I think you take those five games, the two against Miami, the two against Wisconsin, and that one against Cornell, and not only have they helped this team, I think, be better in league play, but the fact that that out-of-conference schedule was so tough, it's not hurting them in the national rankings either when you look at the pairwise rankings. Because the strength of schedule is so hard, even though they only pulled one tie out of all five of those games, uh, because their opponents in those games were so tough, it helps them on the strength of schedule. So that's, that certainly helped them in the national computer rankings. One of the hallmarks of a Dickie Milley team, of a UNH team, has always been that uh, you know they'll get some good contributions out of the freshman class. There'll be a couple of guys, one or two guys, that maybe nobody had heard of before coming in, and, and, and they'll make a key impact, a key contribution. Uh, who have been those guys for UNH this year? Well, for... For UNH, I think uh, there's a couple guys in particular. I, I think first and foremost, you have to look at Brett Kostelansky, a freshman defenseman. He plays alongside Blake Kessel. Uh, here's a kid who, coming into the year, wasn't really heralded. Uh, but he's as good at moving the puck, and he's as smart a defenseman as there is. He's not a big physical guy, uh, but they've got other guys who can be big physical guys. But uh, he... Uh, you look at a defensive pairing that's really meshed well together, and Kostelansky and Kessel have certainly done that. Uh, and the guy I look at up front, he's only got seven points on the year, 
but uh, I think Greg Burke's going to be one whale of a hockey player for this uh, UNH team. Comes out of Lee, New Hampshire, and played uh, when he was a kid in the uh, Dick Humilly Hockey Schools in the summer, so uh, he's a, a local kid who went to his own local team, and he is a big physical kid. Uh, he's only scored once on the year, but uh, he's one of those kids I think is going to and he's being rewarded. He's playing on the second line now, and his effort there has been, been terrific. And I think, you know, he's the type of kid who could really turn it on in the second half, and I think he's going to have a great last three years at UNH, too. Let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about Hockey East in general. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, we're now maybe two-thirds of the way through the season. Uh, your thoughts on surprises and maybe uh, disappointments at this point? The biggest surprise to me has to be the way Boston University has played. There's so much talent still on that team. Yes, they make them a disappointment. Then they're disappointed. Yeah, definitely a disappointment. Yeah, they, uh, you know, with guys like Benino and Warzowski and Shattenkirk and Trevino, a uh, returning National Rookie of the Year in Kieran Milan. Uh, yeah, they lost a lot of guys from last year, and I'll be the first to recognize that. But for them to be where they're at right now, especially occasionally showing signs of brilliance on the year, but just unable to put anything together with any sense of regularity, they would they would be the biggest disappointment. Uh, uh, for me. You know, talking about a team like BU, and we've seen it with UNH as well, that, and I think teams like Boston College, what, what's made those teams be successful in Maine in, in the years that, that they've been good, and obviously this year means having another, another up year, but uh, it seems to me that those have been programs that they've had the guys leave, the, the seniors who graduated, and also the underclassmen who turned pro leave early, but they've always had guys move up, step up, fill that next role, fill the role of the guy ahead of them who left, and, uh, and maybe for whatever reason for BU, that just hasn't happened this year. Yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with it. I think they expected a lot out of a guy like Vinny Sapinari, and, and I think he's having an okay year, but he's certainly not stepped into a role like a Colin Wilson had last year for, for Boston University. Um, and they certainly don't have, they, you know, there's nobody who could replace a Matt Gilroy, uh, but I'd still say the strength of that team, they're, they're pretty good on the blue line. Uh, they just haven't gotten, uh, I guess, the other contributions. Now, for surprises, pleasant surprises, I, I would have to go with the main Black Bears. Uh, uh, you know, they're a team that uh, has really progressed, and their best players are still their younger players. Nyquist is just a sophomore. Adam Shemansky is just a freshman. Uh, and, you know, they're, they have two junior captains. They're, their seniors aren't even the captains on that team. Uh, you know, so they're a team that, you know, after a couple of down years, looks to be on their way up. And, and their goaltender got hurt at a bad time of year. Darling's out. He's their best goalie, certainly. And him being out right now uh, isn't helping them uh, as they hit this stretch of Hockey East games. Uh, but I, I would say, on the whole, the way that team has played, uh, since a rough start in October, uh, they've been the best surprise for me. You know, it's funny because you look around the league this year, and I don't think, even though UNH is where they are, only two losses in the league, I, I don't think that there's that team that is, you know, number one, two, three in the country like we've seen in the past. And at the same time, you look at the clubs that are at the bottom of the standings. I mean, we mentioned Merrimack's got eight wins out of nine games at home, and, and, and even Providence, who, who's just behind them. You saw them last week, and we saw them last week. And that, that's a pretty good club that, that maybe you give them one more goal scorer, and, and it makes a big difference in the standings. It's, it's just been, uh, I, I think it's been a year where maybe top to bottom, the gap has narrowed. It's, it's been a pretty interesting year to see so far. It absolutely has, and I think you bring up that Providence team, and they remind me a lot of the Merrimack team a couple years ago. Um, really strong defensively, really good goaltending, just not getting the goal scores in. But this I, I, Baudry might be the best goalie in the country, in the, rather at least in the league this year. Oh, he might very well be, and I think his numbers actually show that he's right near the top in the league. Uh, but you know, you got a guy on that team like John Cavanaugh. He scored his first goal of the season last year. He's a senior captain on that team, and uh, you know, things like that. 
come back to bite you. You know, when you, when you got guys that you're expecting at least some kind of production out of, you know, maybe only, you know, 10 goals on the year, but you're certainly expecting more than one goal out, out of John Cavanaugh at this point of the year. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, you know, losing a defenseman like Matt Taramina hurt the hurt Providence last year, too. They're just not as good as getting it up and out of their zone. Um, but I can't think of any team, wherever they end up in the eight teams that make the playoffs, that's going to look at their opponent in the quarterfinal round and say, oh, we're on our way to the Garden next week. It's just not going to happen this year. Uh, whatever happens in the hockey's quarterfinals, I wouldn't be surprised if all four series went to three games. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make sure to... Uh to give a plug here, uh, HockeyEastOnline.com. You do such a great job with that site and uh, some video features this year. Uh, earlier this season, uh, you had one with, with uh, Merrimack's Chris Barton and you've had uh, James Marku from UMass, among other players. Uh, anything new coming up uh, in the near future? We actually uh, have another interview coming up uh, this week with, uh, with Colby Cohen from Boston University. We just had Tyler McNeely from Northeastern on last week. And in a couple weeks, we actually have a feature on uh, John and David Cavanaugh uh, from Providence College. Uh, fans you know, from around the league probably don't know where they played high school hockey, but they'll certainly recognize the name Mount St. Charles. They didn't play at Mount St. Charles. They were on the team, Tollgate High School, that beat Mount St. Charles after Mount St. Charles won 26 straight state titles. So uh, a little story on uh, John and David Cavanaugh, the cousins who played for Providence College, and looking back on that game, uh, that series six years ago, where uh, somebody finally knocked off Mount St. Charles in the state championship in Rhode Island. Great. Well, thanks, Dan. Uh, good to talk to you. Have a good broadcast. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.